Hello, this is Daniel Bayon with the <clears throat> Wrestling Ratings Podcast. Last time I did a last time I did a uh, interview with anybody, it was so spontaneous that I didn't. He had Mr. Pill, Mr. Brian Pillman Jr. Um, didn't realize the time or the day, so. Like a last minute thing that we just went 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 with the flow, and I want to do it a little bit differently so I can give the fans something to enjoy before I do the interview. Should be interesting. Eric Bischoff discussing the hill turn of Roman Reigns and the transition of Texas Butler to Luda. He was glad about it, and it's what he needs. Uh, that's just one that's the future. I'm calling the guest on my Like we spoke, David wrote down the uh, the promotions he said you wrestled for in the past. Let's start off with some questions. How how were you in school, and by that I mean, what kind of grades did you make? Uh, I made passing grades. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I just I I guess because I had a hard time in school. Always, I'm always curious about that with other people, so that's why I start off with that question. Uh, did you play any sport anywhere in school? Oh, what is this? Oh, not really. Really? Okay. Not not Right. Um, if you had a when you were a kid and people were talking about having a job, did you have any dream job as a kid? Well, to be honest, my dream job has always been professional wrestling. Yeah, that as a kid, that's what I wanted to do. Also, I uh, I didn't do it obviously, but um, that was because I have a I have a condition where I I can't rest doing anything physical, so that's why I never tried to train for it or anything because only I was a kid. So, because of that, I had to think of things to do. Alright, and, and what's, your, what's your condition? I only had one, only had one kidney. Oh, and okay. it, what happened was I had four blood clots when I was born and one blood clot in my heart. And one blood clot made it to one of the kidneys and it shriveled up and it never regrew. So I found out about it not regrowing when I was about 19 years old. And at that point in time, I was trying to get my GED because I never got a high school diploma. So I was trying to, while I was studying for my GED, I found out that I was missing a kid, a second kid. So when I got my GED, I discovered podcasting and I've been doing that 
for about six or seven years now. Okay, okay well, I can, my yeah. father actually, uh, he has uh, several blood clots from a accident, and uh, I can definitely relate to at least a family member having problems with clot and such. Uh, so, you have the filter put in around 15 years ago. So, okay. Now, what caused that again? A work accident. He twisted his knee at work. Ooh. Okay. Talking about relating, I twisted my knee a few times. So I know how painful that is. Yes, he was pushing a, a fork that I believe, or a pellet jacket, twisted his knee, and he prevailed. And that's what happened within a couple of weeks. They found a blood clot. It was very scary. I was a child at the time, but uh, fortunately they found it at the time. You know, he said, Obviously, he had to retire pretty quickly because of the work injury, but fortunately, he's doing pretty good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I heard from uh, somebody that I follow on Twitter that they had interviewed you and that spoke about watching wrestling as a kid. Um, uh, did you have any favorite growing up? Well, I did a lot of yeah, take trading and stuff. Definitely watched all various different wrestling moves, but I have to say my favorite wrestler as a child is probably Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. I think something about his ability definitely, uh, I definitely paid attention to him, especially as a child. Okay. Alright. That's a, that's a great, great person to follow. If, uh, you want to have an idea, of, um, of working great for a long time. He's definitely somebody to follow. Uh, no, I uh, didn't really have a lot of questions, but uh, one question, question I have to ask is, uh, who trained you? Well, I was trained in, 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 in I trained the gym in Russia around 2013, 2014. Okay. Uh, shortly thereafter, I come to the States where I finished my training. Started the wrestling here. Okay. So, I did start in Russia here ever since then. You know, I wrestled preliminary stuff in Russia, but mostly in the US. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, as I was trying to read about about you, um, it was so difficult because every time I put your name up, I'd always bring, I'd always bring um, Ivan and Kita and uh, somebody else with the co-op name, but I'd never seen your name. So, but I did have, I was fortunate enough to find your YouTube page. And even and so all I know so far is you were in Diamond. You're in Diamond Championship Wrestling as heavyweight champion, and you said you were in all pro wrestling in Alabama, pro wrestling, and among others. So where did you start? Let me restate that. What was the first American company you started with? I first started with the Alabama Wrestling Federation in 2014. Uh, wrestled. I actually still wrestle here to this day, but they, they 
don't have very good issue, not as much as at first broke into the business. From there, I started branching up. It's probably been about a good two years since I started traveling a little more. And I worked for Diamond Championship Wrestling for three years. I worked for the Alabama Wrestling Alliance for three years. Uh, all pro wrestling in Pensacola for a few years. Uh, Southern Championship Wrestling, I've just started in the last year working for Battle Zone Championship Wrestling. Uh, it just debuted in Combat League Wrestling. We actually have a show that tomorrow night. Probably playing in the main event of a last minute standing match against JD Jenkins. And I've just been kind of been to Tennessee, I've been to Florida, been to Alabama, Georgia. And uh, I just debuted in Texas this past weekend. So I've been very fortunate to do some forever. Good. Good. Good, Good to hear. Uh, wanted to start. This is my second time doing an interview. Um, but I thought I would do something different than I did before. Uh, so what I would, what I thought I'd do is, um, ask you about the first time you, the first time you went after a title. Okay. Um, yeah, you... I've always been a tag team fan. Um, now, what was the first title? Were you a, did you go after a title first time as singles wrestler or as a tag team wrestler? Well, well, my first my first ever championship was in the Alabama Wrestling Federation. I actually wrestled a wrestler named Shooter Jackson, and we competed for the North American Championship. And that was in 2016. I won that championship, and then from there, uh, I won the Alabama Wrestling Federation Tag Championships in a short time. Those were the first two championships I won, but the more prominent championships I've had been with Diamond Championship Wrestling. In 2017, self so the Assassin, we won the Tag Team Championships. Uh, we held them for a couple of months, and then we would, I can say, have the titles, because we lost them shortly thereafter won the championships back. And we had a pretty good significant record until I suffered an injury to my shoulder. Okay. Um, that's good, um, good information to find out. I, where I come from, uh, we really don't have, we have wrestling where I come from, but it's usually, um, just regular, just cable throughout the world, like WWE and the other one that we really watch a lot is called Impact Wrestling. So to hear all this, great information, because I really have only heard about Compact, Compact Zone Wrestling for a few years by reading about it. So, and hearing about Alabama Pro Wrestling and all pro wrestling, I've heard of those companies, just by reading magazines and I believe even reading about it in an almanac once. So it's great, um, where, great to where, hear that. Where are you from? I am from Eunice, Louisiana. Okay, so you area, area seem to be close to an area where they have some pretty good wrestling. Uh -huh. uh, there's, there's Wildcat Pro Wrestling. There's, uh, I mean, there's no wrestling right now because of COVID-19. 
Wildcat Pro Wrestling is uh, there. So, Elevate Pro Wrestling, there is Pro Wrestling 225, there's Pro Wrestling Movement. Some of those have been, have been the opportunity to work with. Some I haven't. And some I'm about to debut with Stupid Good Wrestling. It'll be enough to check it out. Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, I guess, to be honest with you, I would hear interviews from people uh, on other podcasts before I started podcasting myself. And I would always think that uh, I was always curious about behind-the-scenes aspect of things. Now, if if there's been enough time to talk about behind-the-scenes aspects of those title matches, then I understand. But, uh, but that is really what I wanted to do, was ask you about behind the scenes, but if you can't talk about that, then I understand. Because well, a, a, a championship, a championship is pretty, pretty important, I would say, mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in terms of it's the company's way of looking at you mm-hmm. and saying that you can promote a brand and trying to can promote you. But it's almost like it's almost like a job promotion. If, you, if you're working at the at, at the grocery store, you go from a cashier to a manager type situation. Mm-hmm. Except in a grand scheme of things, because people people look at pro wrestlers like they're larger than life. Mm-hmm. They are a wrestling fan, so you know I, I take pride in the championship. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think every title is important. Myself, so when I would, when I would, uh, some things that really confuse me about fans on the internet is how they. I I want to insult anybody, so I'll just be honest. They seem to make a bigger deal out of who's being pushed instead of how the title is being treated, and so. That's kind of, I've always been curious about that because I've seen some pretty confusing things happen, but because there's been so many videos I've seen, I can't really, really put my finger on it, on exactly which one is which. So, there's, a, there's a big broad, a broad spectrum when it comes to the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. And I guess my, my question would be, uh, if I'm gonna go as far as uh, as far as I can with this is, um, who make who really makes the decision when you win and lose a title? Well, the uh, typically the promoter. I mean, you know, is it, it, it lower uh, independent wrestling versus like the WWE and the AEWs of the world? They're not. They're not too different. Uh, the, big, the big difference is, is obviously the chain of command is so much bigger than the bigger companies. But here in the independent territories, it's just more or less, you know, your promoter makes a decision or your booker or, and, you know, the creative writer or whoever, whatever the name is of this position is at the time. And they just, they make the decisions to you know, want to go this route, we want to see how this goes. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, I've been fortunate to press the title reigns and the promotions that I've held championships at, and uh, but again, not, not the 
that, that sucks. Here's the case, whatever. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but typically it's just a promoter or a book artist that says, hey, we want to go this route, and they make that decision. It's pretty, it's pretty simple, usually. Yeah. There's, there's no, uh, at least, uh, you know, uh, and I can't speak for the WWE or promotions like that, but uh, usually, usually the, again, putting a championship on someone is more or less a simple one. It's just, you know, we have a story, this is the direction we're going with the story, and we, we take it for that, and we make the best of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I know what question, I'll, what question I can ask um, about this. Uh, how did you get, did they, did they walk up to you and tell you that they're thinking of putting you in a, in a title match, or... Do they have to call you about that? Well, you know, uh, I can't speak for as a whole. I can only speak from my my perspective. Usually, when I win a championship, I have been established in the company for quite some time. Uh, I was in, the, for instance, Diamond Championship Wrestling. I was in the company at least a few months. When they said, you put the champion, the Texas championship, which was the first title I won for them. And it was just a scenario of, you know, this is what we want to do. We're going to go this direction and we'll see how it goes. And, do you, you know, obviously they want to make sure that you're going to be convinced because they're not going to put the championship. Good wrestling promotions are not going to put a championship on someone who in turn out in the, in the future for their show. You don't want to crown someone a champion and then by the next show, the next shows you have to think because you can no longer book that wrestling for whatever reason. And usually that's how it goes about. It's a responsibility. Can you accept this responsibility? Yes, I can. And then we can book out. So I would say, to answer your question thoroughly, I would say typically, you know, they approach me in person and they say, this is the direction we're going to go. Uh, it's usually not, it's usually not like that exact show. Usually you're, two or three shows behind a target date, I would say. Unless something something eventful happens that causes an immediate change. Okay, that's good uh that's good information. And uh I I would never be able to do anything like promote anything myself. But watching as a fan all these years and hearing all these stories either on podcasts or on YouTube or whatever it be, um, or on DVD, I'd say that the I'd say that the correct way to determine a champion is to be established, like you said. So I think I think that's a very good uh, a very good way to determine a champion. Um, no, I, as a kid, didn't really understand the whole, <laughs> what we as fans view as is the F word, fake. I never understood that until I was about 15, and, um, when WWE started calling themselves WWE, that's when I realized what, what it means, and then I started understanding 
that it's like a self-promotion. And not only do you have to make the company look good, you have to you have to make yourself appeal to the public. And I know that that's why we have respect for y'all because I know that I know that that can be very difficult to do. All right, all right, and you know, it's not, it's not, it's unfortunately, we don't live in a world in, in, in professional wrestling. We don't live in a world where you know it's always the best in in the ring wrestler is the championship. Usually, it's usually it's all kinds of back and show. Obviously, you have to have a good in ring ethic and ability, and then top of that, just promotes ability. Can we promote and you know? Character, you have character. Can you engage with the fans, whether you're good or bad or whatever you want to call it? And so, usually, there's many factors that go into. I mean, I've even, I've even seen, I've even seen situations where wrestlers championships because they, you know, this person cannot make it in the future for shows. We need to have him drop the championship tonight, and it's one of those situations where they make the most of. Yeah, even I read um, an interview from former WWE superstar Paul London about the exact same thing. How his tag team partner had to lose the title because his tag team partner was hurt. So sometimes, sometimes it can happen. So that's why you have to be very. Um, I I heard on a shoot interview on the old days. Um, probably around the time of parents were kids, you had to, in one territory, as they used to be called, you could not, um, go, could not be the main champion unless you've been around it long enough, like you said earlier. But a lot of things went in the back, back then, a lot of things that played into it were your ability to if you were the type of person that liked to go to a bar, you would have to you would have to um, know how to handle yourself in a fight. And things like that, I don't know, I don't think it's the same way anymore. Because people understand now the difference between um, it being, quote, fake and it being a form of acting. If I can say that. So... That's better, and you know, the, the, for that matter, you know, so, you know, I, you know, the F order, you know, the in the room, they call most people, you know, some people call it predetermined, and you know, there is that aspect. But at the same time, you know, I, I can tell you with confidence, so there is not very many wrestlers that are right, especially these days, that I don't believe can handle themselves in a quote real situation. And I believe that uh, because there are a lot of, I told my mom this once, um, there are a lot of maneuvers y'all do in wrestling that are actually real. So I know that because I saw, um, I've seen some real fights in MMA, mixed martial arts. And that, a lot of those maneuvers, whereas it's something y'all can't do in the business that I know of, because it's very difficult to, uh, that, okay, you know better than I do the maneuvers y'all can do, but 
if I was to imagine seeing some of those maneuvers, but the, the only maneuver I've ever seen from MMA, and it was done by WWE superstar The Undertaker, is a triangle choke, or I really don't know what it's called, but it's when you put your legs around your opponent's neck to make them submit. I know that maneuvers like that can be done in, rust in wrestling, because of all the submissions y'all do in the business. But I know that, um, going back to what I wanted to say, I know that some maneuvers that have been used for many years can be used in real fights. So that's why, that's why I don't think it's um, smart to try to pick a fight with any of y'all, no matter how big or small y'all are. And I'm the type of person that doesn't think that fighting is something you should try to do, period. So I think it's uh, smarter to try to have a conversation with somebody. <clears throat> if I see, if I see somebody, somebody <clears throat> from wrestling in, our, in, a, uh, in a, either a bar or something like that, I would advise people that think they can handle y'all. I'd be advised, I would advise them not to mess with y'all myself. Well, I appreciate that because again, uh, there are plenty, there are plenty of legitimate people in, in professional wrestling. Uh, I, I do not recommend testing the theory of, I guess, for lack of a better term, how fake a wrestler is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> I really, I'm so new at this that I really don't have a lot of questions. I just wanted to wanted to uh, ask some questions and go from there. Uh, you've been doing this about seven years, I think you said? Earlier. Yes, 2000, 2014, I started training prior to that. My first match was actually uh, September 20, 2014. Okay, so it's really six years. Okay, um, so... Any, was there, there any stories that, uh, you can share that really, that, um, really stick out to you that, uh, that the fans might be interested in? <laughs> oh, uh, let me, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Professional wrestling is definitely an interesting, uh, profession to take part of. Uh, when I was... But I have, I have very many specific stories, but I'm just going to keep it in a general basis at the same time. But uh, I, when, I, when I was breaking into the wrestling business, I first started wrestling shows here in the States. I very much, I very much was still in the period, I believe, especially in wrestling in the South, where it was almost like the wild, wild west of you in terms of, in terms of the characters you were writing to. The real life characters. Drugs were not as prevalent, but they were still pretty relevant in in the situation, especially mainly the bills. Uh, there were there, I've, I've been in, I've been involved in some situations. I will give you one one good story. Uh, so there was a show in Alabama, and uh, the 
the show. The people who ran the gym. The show could not happen in the gym. They just did the books. And the promoter, very desperate to, because he booked a former WWE superstar. Very desperate to make sure this show happened. Asked them, well, can I have the show in the book field? And which they said, yes, that's fine. Well, from what I've told, people told the promoter, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. And he was very adamant that it would be okay that it would not rain. Well, in the end, it did rain. After they set the ring up in the football field. So they had to very quickly get the rain out of the football field. And now they were in desperation. The day of the show, the show was in a few hours. And they had to ask themselves, how were they going to have a wrestling Obviously, the promoter is already brought in the, the big name. He wants to draw but the crowd to be able to afford all the expenses he put into the show. So what he did was there was a church. And he asked the customer if he could rush there. And I do not, I do not know how true this part is, but this is what I was told. So take it for what this part that he that he told the preacher man that it was small events with less than fifty people. And the preacher man gave the okay. What he did not tell him was that the show was going to have almost three hundred and that the superstar that's brought in be considered by some people in the church, I'm sure, to be a satanic character almost. So what proceeded to happen was I went out there at one point to had my match. I think I was uh, second or third on the, the card of the show. Went to had my match, and I was getting my gear off, getting my clothes on, you know, post-match stuff. All of a sudden, because we were in the far back of the building where we were dressing, all of sudden one of the wrestlers come through and they say, we have 30 minutes to leave the building or the preacher's calling the police. And what had happened was that the preacher, in the middle of a match, turned all the lights off and was not pleased at all with the amount of people that were in the building. There's so much more to the story that I'm not going to get into, but needless to say, the promoter managed to convince him to allow the main event match to happen. They went out there and had about the three minute match in the movie. And then the rest of the history. Hmm. Oh man. That, oh man. Trust me, there are plenty of stories I have, but usually that's the one that takes the thing. Yes, sir. Oh man. I My brother happens to be a minister himself, and. Um, I he doesn't have a church in an actual building, but he has a church in his house, and um, I don't. He doesn't really. He doesn't like wrestling, but he listens to my podcast to support me. And if and I'm sure if he hears this, he he would have a. I'm sure. It's, I can just about imagine some of the things you would have to say. So, thank you for that story. It uh, it it, it shows that there's so many things we don't know happen in life. So thank you for that. And uh, <laughs> I know I shouldn't laugh at this, but it's kind of it's so ridiculous. When I say ridiculous, nothing 
When I say it's ridiculous, I mean hiding things from people is ridiculous. And trust me, that's just the cream of the crop of just that store alone. Uh-huh. So, uh... It, it, it was a crazy ice. Yes, sir. Um... So, I, I think, I think we said just about everything we can say, unless you have something else you want to talk about. Well, I, I, what I'll do is just take the time to uh, plug you know, my social media and stuff. First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk. Uh, you can find, you can find all of uh, my social media, Facebook. Needs more Koloff, Instagram needs more Koloff, Twitter at needs more Koloff. You can follow my uh, my uh, merchandise store at needs more Koloff.com where you can buy t shirts, masks, mugs, posters, you name it. There's, there's a variety of things. Well, merchandise. Uh, you can catch me all through the southern states where I primarily wrestle, but then definitely looking to travel. And uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Hey, I think you could use some more coal off merchandise. You should check out the store. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Uh, thank you for this interview time. Uh, thanks for doing it free of charge. No problem. And, uh, and uh, just good luck tomorrow night. Thank you very much, Colin. Welcome. Um, and uh, I'll keep... Uh, Keep up with what you're doing on Twitter, and I'll check out all those companies that you might have bookings with in the future. Yes. And uh, just um, if there's anything that you want to talk about in the future, just uh, send me a tweet because you know, being new at this, there's so, so many things that I have trouble thinking of talking about. So, if there's anything in the future that you think would be a good topic to talk about, let me know on a, either a tweet or a message. And I'll, I'll respond as quickly as I can. And uh, thank you again for this time. And uh, I hope the people listening to this enjoy this. And... Uh, Goodbye and good luck. Thank you. Wonderful day. Thank you for allowing me to be here. All right. Thank you. Have a wonderful day and night too and weekend. Okay. Goodbye.